Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, welcome back. This is another edition of The Ryan Show FM with your host, Ryan Vernell. And we're going to give you guys something a little bit different. Maybe if you're a real listener of this program, you've heard me do this before. Half an episode of The Ryan Show FM, half an episode of Fox Sports Radio's What's Going On. Why? Because I'm so goddamn busy building Gruntworks Meat Company alongside of tonight's guest, Matt Giametta. We are just grinding out here, man. And uh, we want you to be involved. Go to gruntworksmc.com. Stick around tonight and you'll learn the true story behind Gruntworks and what Matt's been doing to help veterans everywhere. It goes well beyond just giving back some money from his meat company. So we're going to learn all about it. And the second half features my pal AD and host Nate Brown Jr. of Fox Sports. What's going on? We're going to give you a full edition of that to celebrate this Friday's event, Can Expo, in which I'll be broadcasting both The Ryan Show and What's Going On, live at theryanshow.net, simulcasting at Fox Sports Radio iHeart's website. A lot of good stuff is going on tonight, folks. So bear with us. The interview with Matt is coming up. Last week's episode of What's Going On is after that. And if you show up to the Hamptons Cannabis Expo and use the promo code Ryan at the door, you'll get half off the tickets. So enough of me and more of me. Let's get a crack a lackin', baby. DJ Hunky Wonky on the ones and twos. Let's go.
And we are back. Uh, hello, everybody. This is indeed the Ryan Show FM broadcasting live internationally. But if you're in America, this one's going to hit you a little bit harder. Not only is our next guest a proud veteran and somebody that we take our hats off to, but he's also the big dog over at Grunt Works Meat Company. You hear us talk about Grunt Works Meat Company constantly on this radio program. And people wonder what the hell is Grunt Works. Not only do these guys provide the greatest meat that you could possibly eat, but we're giving back to the veterans that gave so much for this country. So before we go to GruntWorksMC.com, put your damn hands together for Matt Giametta, founder of GruntWorks Meat Company. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How are you doing? Fantastic, dude. I know this ain't your first time here, but we got a lot of uh, new listeners as of the past two months, and they see this GruntWorks logo everywhere. So let's just start with the uh, right, right back to the basics of GruntWorks. How do you come up with an idea to start a meat company and give back to veterans at the same time? Because that's really what differentiates it from other meat companies out there. Um, yeah, so I mean, actually, the the idea for me always was to find a way to uh, work with an, a charity organization that I thought was doing good. The vehicle that I was going to provide to do that, I was unsure of for a while. Um, the, the meat company actually kind of, I didn't, I mean, I, I built it, but it wasn't my idea. It was kind of something where uh, things just lined up and it sounded like something that would be really fun to do. And uh, I just wrote it, you know, just went with it. And boy, did you, boy, did you, what a story too. Oh, yeah. What an incredible story that got you to this point. Cause there's a lot of veterans. There's a reason why foundations like MVP exist. It's not easy to assimilate back into society after fighting in a war. And it seems that it only gets harder and harder. Public perception, but I mean, must be tough and just so much comes with it. And it's really a sacrifice that you make and people just seem to forget. But I mean, what was it like for you personally having served overseas for this country and then having to assimilate back into society? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talks these days specifically about PTSD, which is a very important problem that our country needs to figure out how to solve. But I think that it just goes deeper than that. Um, a lot of people in general have some sort of PTSD, you know, life happens and things happen. But I think that what's going on in the, with the military members, the veterans, a lot of the guys that I know personally, a lot of the stories that I hear are that it's, it's more about this. You're, you're part of this tribe. You know, you have such such distinct purpose. You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly who you're with. And I, I actually joke with some of my buddies a lot that when you're in the military, a lot of the guys that you might not even like, they're your brothers. So you still have this relationship. You know, you, you might look over and be like, yeah, I hate that guy. But I'll probably, uh, I'll probably take a bullet for him. You know, so you have this like, it's sometimes we forget how important that connection is at the end of the day. And when you see guys coming back, a lot of them lose this, what's my, you know, let me rephrase that. Come back and it's like, all right, what's my identity? What's my purpose? And who's my tribe? You know, I talk about tribe a lot because it's, I think that that is maybe the, the key element to this factor. You come back and it's like you're in a foreign land and you feel like a lot of people don't understand you and you don't know your place. And yeah. that can cause a lot of issues emotionally and mentally, which usually transform into you just going down some pretty tough paths in life. Yeah, and they had all types of words for it back over time, like the PTSD, they call it shell shock and all these different yeah. things. And there is a way that you can actually treat it, it seems, you know, through therapy and all these other ways. And I mean, personally, we'll get into this later, but you're actually working on that on, on other, you know, realms 
of uh, business and helping veterans. But yeah, um, you mentioned uh, well, I'm part of a team who is, yeah. I can't wait to get into that because you know that's right up my alley. Uh, but mm -hmm. you mentioned how you might not feel understood when you get back. I feel like the public perception of the military is always going to be great. We always are thanking our vets, and but I feel like people really don't seem to comprehend the sacrifice that it really takes. People are just so caught up in their cell phones, their everyday life, the glamour and glitz of this modern, easy world. Um, do you ever feel like it kind of goes over people's heads in general, some of the things that go on? I just watched a great documentary about the Iraq war, and I learned so many new things. You guys were actually over in these places firsthand. So what are your thoughts on just the public perception on how they absorb what's really happening overseas and the sacrifice that's actually being made by military? Um, I'm sure that it varies, you know, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either. I don't think everyone needs to really grasp, you know, what happens in combat. I don't know if that would be beneficial for everyone to grasp that. Um, I think more of the disconnect just comes now when you have this experience that's so different from what most people experience, it's really hard to feel like people understand you. And it's hard to feel like, you know, you have that group of friends that you just, when you're around them, life's better. You feel more like you, you don't have to worry about what you're saying. You just are who you are and they love you for it. No matter how you are, it seems like it's harder to find those people when you have experiences that are very different from what they are. So now you have this like interesting narrative in your head, you know, if you feel like nobody understands you, that's a really isolating place to be. And I, I think that's a big part of what's happening. You know, the PTSD is for sure a major issue. And for a lot of guys that are really struggling with PTSD, it's debilitating. Um, but it goes a step further than that, because there's a lot of veterans that didn't even see combat that are going back and having a really hard time. And I think a lot of it is this disconnect between the life that they lived and now the life that they have to start. You know, they have to completely develop a whole new idea of what their life's going to be. Yeah. Who am I going to be? Where am I going to work? Who am I going to hang out with? Who am I going to love? You know, and, and these things at our core are, that's what really makes us human. You know, these connections that we develop. And when you have a hard time making those connections, life can be very challenging. I can imagine. And yeah, we, we ventured a little off of the meat topic, which well, is cool. We, we got some time. We got some talk about some meat. I mean, I just feel like it's such a key oh, component good, is, you know, who you are. And especially because I work behind the scenes. Those that know, know that I work with Gruntworks behind the scenes as creative director, coming up with ideas for social media, the brand ambassador program, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like it's just a, definitely a huge part is the struggles that you've overcome. And it resonates and shines when, uh, when we see you in action here with Gruntworks and how you're putting everything together and just, uh, yeah, just a real hardworking dude. And you're able to, to, you know, face these crazy challenges and not give up. So that's inspirational, even to other veterans that have gone through it. You're living proof that you can get past some of these horrible struggles with PTSD. So I'm just saying, yes. hats off to you, sir. Oh, I appreciate you, man. I do. I, uh, you know, I'm always my, my own worst enemy in that sense. I always work harder. I could always do more. And, and dude, know, before we even get into grunt work speed, I just feel like, once again, like your story adds levels to grunt works and you know, not even the legitimacy, but the culture of it and your work actually helping veterans hands on with PTSD is a big part of that. It's not like we just, Oh, let's just find an idea to, you know, attach to grunt works and just, you know, pick a good cause and go with it. It's like, no, this is your life. And you've been helping veterans, which before we once again, get into meat leads us to your other endeavors, which I never even thought of, but um, magic mushrooms, psilocybin and how it actually heals 
PTSD and other forms of mental trauma. And you're literally firsthand putting things together to help the veterans that are out there and that are suffering with this. So if you could just tell us a little bit more about what, what getting into that is like and how it is having to overcome that stigma as well. Talk about overcoming stigmas. There's another one. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's been like, it's been amazing the feedback that I've got on that. I, I think that there was this, this stigma for a long time, but a lot of the population has opened their mind to things mostly because the data is just so strong. You know, it's, it's really hard to argue with science. And when you just have thousands upon thousands upon thousands that just keep multiplying where they're having very similar results and there just aren't really any side effects, it just be, it gets really difficult to argue with it. You know, it yeah. just becomes something that we see this is happening. How can I say that it's not happening? Now, there are still like, you know, I always like to prefix that I, I do. I, I am an owner in a company that's doing clinical research on the effects of microdosing yeah. psilocybin for correction of PTSD. I don't know if that was worded properly, correction, but for treatment of PTSD. Yeah. Um, I in no way endorse recreational use of any drugs. I in no way endorse recreational use of mushrooms. I think that mushrooms are a medicine that was provided for our from our earth that has a ton of positive benefits if used correctly. Now, a lot of people just it's kind of the issue with substances in general is people yeah. just kind of take free reign to just use them. They don't have the information on what their benefits are. They don't have information on risks. They don't ask their doctor for guidance, which could be a whole nother struggle because a lot of guys just really aren't educated in how to use these things. I think that this is the real work. You know, we need, you know, my, my company has a neuroscientist, yeah. uh, multiple P PhDs that have been doing the clinical research wow. to mycologists. You know, we, we have a real backbone of people who one have medical degrees two are have dedicated their lives to this research. Um, so when it comes to experts in the industry, we have guys who, who understand what this medicine is, what it's capable of and the benefits and risks that are associated with it. So you can safely use these medicines. So that said, we're, we're still a ways out from this becoming a medication, but hopefully one day, you know, this is part of my vision is for, um, microdosing psilocybin to be the main course of treatment for PTSD. Wow. I love it. And where can you sign up to be a guinea pig for these studies? <laughs> Talk to me off air. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember being a kid. Facilities not in this country. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. See, I remember being a kid and the standard, I used to call it the ninth grade dose. That was a nice handful of mushrooms, the old eighth. And Lord, mm -hmm. was it a trip. And I didn't realize yeah, it back then, like, but I was uh, in a lot of ways healing, not at the micro dose level, but every single time that I've done mushrooms in my life, it's always been some type of a spiritual journey. And I've come yeah. out on the other end yeah. feeling like a way better person. It really just puts everything in perspective and microdosing. It's you know maybe good for the nerves or whatever. What, what exactly do you feel with your PTSD firsthand when you are microdosing? What's the physical difference that you feel? Um, so I've, I've noticed with myself and with a lot of guys that um, I've talked to and worked with over the years, um, it, it depends on where you're at when you start, right? Yeah. But most people get this experience when they first start taking them of it's just really hard to mess up your day. You know, like I, I always oh, yeah. explain it as the sun comes out, the world gets a little bit brighter. Yeah. Um, it's very subtle and it should be because you're not supposed to feel like you're on a substance because microdose, that's by definition what microdosing is. Now, 
your your brain isn't actually on the substance, but you are getting the benefits of what that substance does in your body. Um, and they're very subtle and over time they grow. And throughout time, something called, um, it increases something called BDNF, brain-derived nerve growth factor, which virtually repairs the damage that's been done to your brain over your course of your lifetime. It inherently makes your brain work better. Wow, I did not know that. So you're, you're not gonna, you know, a lot of people that I speak with are, are afraid you know, like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I would need the right set and setting to take something like that. And to, you know, I would need someone who really knows what's going on to be able to oversee it. Like, I'm scared about it. And I talk to a lot of people to get their perspective because I'm very curious on what the public believes about this stuff. And it's very different from reality. And yeah. again, we want this to be given through doctors someday. You know, we're hoping that our clinical research eventually creates a medication that doctors will prescribe this medicine. But we know if and when that happens, this is not something like microdosing. You do not need to be overseen by someone. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be concerned that you're going to turn into a cup of orange juice. You know, these are the old <laughs> adages growing up, right? It's it's very subtle. You can take it before work. You can take it before just about anything before the gym. You take it in the morning and you just go on about your day and it virtually will make your day a little bit better. And over time, it'll it'll create new pathways in your brain so that you can look at life a little bit differently and that you can operate a little bit differently. We're in I a new a day age, man. Like what you're doing is, is opening up doors of treatment, taking power away from these big pharmaceutical companies that are giving you things that aren't growing in the ground. These all types of uh, just horrible stuff. I'm sure that veterans and others are getting addicted to and uh, just not making their lives better. And like you said, this is a subtle change. You're eating something, you're ingesting some type of a, a plant. It just, if you just think about it with common sense, it has to be better. And once again, this just goes to show your work towards helping veterans and how firsthand you're just like in the thick of it. Um, we're going to go to a quick break and actually talk about me. We have the founder of Gruntworks Meat Company here, and he's telling us his personal connection to meat and to psilocybin and helping veterans, how it all ties together. And when we come back, we're gonna see exactly how his journey in healing his PTSD led him to the carnivore diet, which you should be on too. And if you wanna try eating some of the best meat and steak in the whole world, you can go to gruntworksmc.com, put in promo code Ryan10, and receive 10% off all meat on the website. We're not just talking uh, ribeyes, Matt. We're talking filet mignons. We're talking skirt steak. I love me some skirt steak. Call me, tell, call me a sissy, but I love me some skirt. This is the Ryan Show. I've had Matt G. Medicine Studio. We'll be back soon.
And we are back with veteran. And we should be taking our hats off for all the veterans out there here on the Ryan Show FM. Matchy Meta, owner and founder of Grubworks Me Company, is back. And we're going to get into the journey. We heard a little bit of how it began and the work that he's been doing helping veterans. But now, here we are on the carnivore diet. I just switched over my diet, Matt. What was it that inspired you to be, to start this carnivore diet? People, they look at you like you're crazy when you say you eat nothing but meat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was actually, uh, you know, I did a lot of really extreme diets because I had a lot of health issues. The number one being I had some intolerable gut problems for years. Just like tried every single remedy that exists, went to every doctor, tried every extreme diet and just really, I, I could help it, but I never cured it. And uh, when I came across the carnivore diet and really started reading into the anecdotal evidence and some of the studies that have been done, I just decided how, what do I have to lose at this point? You know, I was so uncomfortable every day that uh, I was like, couldn't, can't really get much worse than this. So I might as well give it a shot. And my experience was quite positive, honestly. But, but as you said, the time when I was doing that, the responses that you would get from people are really entertaining. <laughs> they look at you like you are an actual crazy person, which is really funny because when you think about it, it's, you know, this is the diet that our ancestors used. This is how humans became humans. You know, I'm, yeah, they started implementing fruit and maybe some nuts, seeds, but like, I mean, that's really all we had, <laughs> you know, like that. This is how humans became humans. We killed animals and we ate them. Wow. We, I didn't realize, I thought, I thought there was foragers at the same time. And you have the ladies go out and pick berries. I just played yeah, Age of yeah. Empires, man. I, I don't really know anything more past that. <laughs> Wow. So it all started back then. So your personal experience was good. And this is what I guess led you to your meat journey and seeing how insanely high the cost of meat is. And sometimes when you order meat online, it comes in not looking the way you think it does from the pictures. Mm. So, I mean, what did you learn there? And when it, at any point during this carnivore diet, did you think that you would be starting an online meat company? Uh, no, definitely not. But it, uh, it just worked out really synchronistically. You know, I got a I got a phone call from my partner now when I was about month six on the carnivore diet. So at this time, I had researched just about every meat online company that that was in existence, and I had come, did a, a like at home comparative analysis on price versus quality and the amount that I had to the volume that I had to buy to get the best discount, and sort and making sure that I was getting I was sourcing from places that were raising the cattle right. So I had done like a pretty deep dive on the industry. And I had this, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert or anything, but I had this general understanding of an industry that not a ton of people do unless you're involved in it. And uh, when I got the phone call of, Hey, what do you think about starting a meat distribution company? Um, it was really hard for me to not at least acknowledge how synergistic that was to my current situation. Amazing. So that was like, what really made me first look into it. I was like, I mean, I have to at least hear this out because I am currently only eating meat, which my partner did not know, which made it even odder. You know, it's like sometimes the world just kind of like comes full circle for you. And when it happens, you, you have to let it. It's a huge part of those is being the consumer to knowing exactly what the customer wants. You know, a lot of people just, just start companies out ever really being a, a, like a fan of the culture. And you're part mm -hmm. of this online meat buying culture. So there's this Netflix documentary that's making us rest. What the hell's the name of it? Where it's exposing what's going on with these animals and there's hormones in the animals. What's the name of this documentary everyone's talking about? I'm going to uh, 
<laughs> not comment on any Netflix documentaries. I love it because essentially <laughs> it's a lot of BS, right? Like there's all these like uh, mystery meats out there now, and we're not talking Chinese food. We're talking about meat grown in laboratories, and it's just yeah. amazing to see that there's still that last for- farm of real. Far, or I should say the last uh, stand of real farmers putting out real genuine Wagyu beef, taking care of the cattle, just seeing the facilities down there that is roaming the pastures. Um, I mean, what does it mean to you to be serving authentic, real, hormone-free meat? Um, I mean, I, I think that what we put in our bodies is very important. I think uh, it's kind of been ingrained in us to not pay attention too much, which to me is a very complex issue, both on the individual and, you know, on the macro scale. Like I think we all have an individual responsibility to understand what we're ingesting, to understand what's going to happen in our body when we ingest it, and then to act accordingly based off that information. Um, I've kind of dedicated my life to understanding my physiology and things that react well in my body, things that don't, and then kind of reverse engineered how I can be as healthy as I can as possible. And I think one of the most important parts of that is food. You know, we, we are ingesting toxins every single day. We are ingesting poisons every single day. And most of us are ingesting things that we think are these quote unquote health foods that are really slowly poisoning us. And you know, if you're ignorant of that, that's one thing that's, it's not necessarily your fault. It's just a lack of education. But if you know that information, you have a responsibility to go out and take care of yourself. And I mean, lab grown meat is not something that I, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know too much about it because I don't care to, um, I'm not personally ever going to eat lab grown meat and I can't see how it could possibly be a healthy viable option because what we have seen is that virtually every piece of food that is made in the lab is bad for you. So I highly doubt that growing meat is going to be a different story, but I, I also don't know that for a fact. I'm assuming 100% that's an assumption, but I feel very strongly about my assumption. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I from think what that, I read, they do they use some type of stem cells to multiply yeah, the meat. It's, it's really gross, man. Let's just be honest. They, like, they, whether or not it's healthy is disgusting. They lost me at lab. Um, yeah, exactly. When it comes to food, I eat food that is provided by the earth. Blow our minds uh, right now, Matt. You talk about foods that we're eating every day that are poisoning us. What's the most commonly eaten poisonous food that you see everybody consuming? Vegetable oil. Really? What is it about vegetable oil? What exactly? What the hell is vegetable oil? Um. So, do you ever eat anything that comes in a package? Oh yeah, it's my middle name. Package food. You eat vegetable oil and poison yourself on a daily basis, along with over ninety percent of the population. Wow. Um, vegetable oil is is more than toxic. Vegetable oil is poison. Vegetable oil is like eating small amounts of uh, what's that? I just lost my train of thought. I was going to say uh, a arsenic. Everybody knows. <laughs> yes, is like eating small amounts of arsenic yeah. every day, all day long for your whole life. Which really, really small amounts. Like, no, you're not just like immediately going to die, but. They're going to slowly kill you in many ways. So what's the number one health problem with American society? Diabetes. I was going to say diabetes. Eh, Oof, we all got it. Diabetes. Number one health issue in our society. I'll go even further than that. Beyond diabetes, one of the root causes of diabetes is insulin resistance. Oh. 
over I, the, the last study that I saw, I believe said 80%, but I would venture to say that that number is low. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into the details why, but I do, I do think that 80% is low. They added at 80% of the population is insulin resistant. Wow. That basically means that 80% of our population, which I believe to be a low number is walking around feeling horrible all the time. Like just 24 hours a day, not feeling very good. It's why you hear so many people complain that they don't have energy, um, that they don't digest food well, that they don't sleep well. These are like some of the most important things about our lives. And if you're walking around, let's just keep it at no energy. You're walking around with no energy all day. And like, I don't know if you've looked around lately, but almost everyone's overweight. Unproductive, overweight, suffering, not even realizing it. Like I said, get used to it. Then one day when you finally I, uh, eat the right diet, you may, maybe that's, you know, you know, I, I noticed another thing too, is that sometimes people lose the weight, start eating healthy and, and can't sustain. I think it, it comes down to discipline. It's hard to get discipline in this country. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think it's a discipline problem. I think that we have an issue with, and again, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that we have Americans in general, or maybe just people in general, we go on these quote unquote diets, but we're forgetting that a the term diet is the foods that you consume. So now if you're going on like a six weeks or a, a two month diet where you're just going to eat these healthy foods for a couple months, then you are destined to fail because now you're telling yourself, I am, I am now not giving myself the foods that I actually want to eat. I'm going to refrain from those foods. And then one day I'll reward myself and let myself eat these foods. So the real idea is to change the way that you view food. So if you're eating food for some like emotional distress that you're having, which a lot of us are, you know, and you're going out and you're eating ice cream, candy and, and cakes because it makes you, it gives you a little dopamine rush and you, and you for a few minutes feel okay, then you're going to poison yourself. You but eat if you because you're fat and you're fat because you eat. I think it was the <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the old Austin Bowers reference is, it's actually holds a lot more weight than you would think. But no pun if intended. you start doing food as energy and a fuel source, you're going to start craving foods that make you feel good. Yeah. So instead of going on like a diet, like some crash diet to get you in shape, why don't you start researching and experimenting with foods that make you feel really good and just start incorporating them slowly into your diet and getting rid of just stop eating processed foods, everyone. If, if anybody yeah. wants to feel better, if anybody's having health issues, stop eating processed foods and never consume vegetable oil. And over a few months, you will start to feel dramatically better no matter what you are consuming. That will just happen. Now, you'll be able to go deeper than that and optimize your diet, but that's secondary. Like, get yourselves healthy first. Feel good. Wake up with energy. Wake up and want to do things. That is an amazing feeling in this world, especially after you've been unhealthy. The first day that you wake up and you want to jump out of bed and go do stuff, it is like you're Superman. Is everyone should feel this way? That is how we're supposed to feel as humans. I love um, that. But man. if you that would be the grunt work challenge, Matt. Stop, uh, stop vegetable oil. Stop consuming vegetable oil. Start I mean, there. This should be this should be the human challenge. Yeah. We should all be on a mission to make vegetable oil illegal, which it is in many countries. I want to point that out. Wow. Many countries, it is illegal to consume vegetable oil, and you cannot buy a product in this country if you go to the grocery store. It has to be over 90% of the products in the grocery store that come in a package have vegetable oil in them. I am very concerned about why that exists and because we know that it's toxic. That's another story for another day. But they PC, make it baby. so it's The so real PC, population control. 
I don't know um, if that's true. This yeah. is, these views do not express <laughs> views of Gruntworks. Well, this is beyond my conspiracy. But, um, but in all seriousness, if you're having issues with health, you should immediately cut out vegetable oils. If you eat vegetable oils, you should immediately cut out vegetable oils. Um, I will definitely stop eating, eating anything in a package in general. Can't stop eating Oreos though, dog. There's like certain things that like you just can't get anywhere else. Like Oreos, they're packed with that vegetable oil. Damn, they're good. There's Dude, just not just Oreos. It's everything. It's ev all these health foods, all these foods that are marketed as healthy, viable alternatives. Almost all of them have it. Like there are a few products and a few companies that actually care about health and actually are healthy. But so many of these products are marketed as health foods and like their second ingredient is vegetable oil. It is, I mean, it's pure evil is what it is, honestly. It's either evil or ignorance, but either way, like we all have this responsibility, take charge of your life and get yourself healthy. And this is a good way to start. I know a good eat way to start. Steak. Grunt works and Everyone go out and eat some grass-fed, grass-finished steak. So what the hell does that mean? Now, that's the thing is that I'm looking on the website. We've got grass-fed, grass-finished steak and Wagyu beef. And just to the average non-meat expert, how would you describe the two of them? What's the big difference between these two cuts of meat? Uh, so, I mean, Wagyu is like if, if for the person who doesn't, um, you know, eat steak too much or know too much about steak, to me, Wagyu is basically like an entirely different dish. It's just it is a a separate type of cow and it is the premium steak that exists. It is, it, it's a very different experience from, from eating a steak normally. Um, and in, in most places, you know, the price tag does replicate that. It's quite expensive. Um, there are ways, you know, to have like, yeah, you can get Wagyu at somewhat of a reasonable price, but it is always going to be a high ticket item because it is one, it's really sought after and there's not a ton of it. That doesn't mean you can't eat good steak though. You know, yeah. I suggest definitely trying Wagyu if if you haven't. It's really delicious. But for every day, you know, there are, if you're eating a ton of steak, like when for me when I was on the carnivore diet, I was eating three to four, four pounds of steak a day. Wow. So eating Wagyu for every meal and every day, that wasn't really like an option. But I went out of my way to find ways to source high quality steak that was being raised properly. And then I, and I wanted to know, I didn't want to just think it was being raised properly. I wanted to know, I want to know who's raising these cattle. What are they feeding it? Where is it grazing? Who's buying it to bring it to a processing facility? What's happening at the processing facility? And then when they package it up and mail it out, what's happening from there? I want to know every step along the way because I want to know what I'm putting in my body. If you're going, this is one of the beauties of doing something like the carnivore diet is like, it's so extreme. You're putting so much work into your health that you want to make sure that everything's done right. You know, like I like, I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm only eating steak. I better be eating high quality steak. That's going to be good for me. Mm, gotta be. And that being said, I always think when I think of Wagyu beef, I think of the 30 Japanese dudes giving a, I guess a Chinese <laughs> massage to some cow out in the field. Is there truth to that? Was that just some viral video or do we, are these cows getting some extra love? <laughs> these Wagyu boys. Um, so the, the Japanese Wagyu, if I'm not mistaken, that is a real thing. And, also, Japanese Wagyu seems to be the most sought after Wagyu, A5 specifically. That's There's some other forms that are very high quality, but yeah, Japanese A5 is, seems to be the most sought after Wagyu in the world. I guess the most sought after steak in the world. And uh, if you guys have ever tried it, you know why it, it is the most sought after. It is an amazing experience. You don't even have um, to But cook. there's a lot of different forms of Wagyu. There's a lot of different types of cattle. There's a lot of different cuts of cattle. There's It really is like 
a whole different world of food in there. You know, I, even when I was doing this diet and I was really getting immersed and uh, like learning about beef, I was amazed when I came into this business at how many different cuts there are. I guess I just hadn't really thought about it because I stuck to the cuts that I knew. And I did some research on other cuts that I thought would be tender or fatty because I was looking for fattier cuts and tasteful. But there are just, it seems like an endless amount of cuts of beef. There really is just something for whatever kind of dish you're trying to cook. There's something for it. Very true. And I've learned that too. First time working with Gruntworks, all time most underrated cut of beef what do you think is the future most popular cut of beef that nobody knows about right now mm, that no one knows about so i mean i i personally i mean i've always been a ribeye guy but besides like the the main cuts skirt steak is amazing okay. but have guys if you get on the website please if you don't buy anything try the wagyu skirt steak I mean, to me, it's life changing. It was like it, it, really it changed my whole perspective on food. I was like, I need to just eat this every day, dude. Change, <laughs> change the game for me too. I didn't marinate it. I didn't do anything to it. You don't I have just to. Threw it on the grill. That, that's if there's something about. I don't even know why, but it's like it. It doesn't look like it, but it just all like melts together somehow, and it doesn't even Man, taste it's, fatty. It's, it's so just good. incredible. But I mean, a lot of people do. Like most people know about skirt, and it's like cooked pretty often. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Denver. Have you tried one of the Denver steaks? Just yesterday for the first time. It's almost like a cheat code. Oh, yeah, well, it's like the per what what the hell is a Denver cut? It looks like a perfectly rectangular. I honestly cut. have no idea. I'm gonna be completely honest. That's like a little embarrassing saying out loud. I don't know, but oh my god, is it good? It was like a strip of better. Yeah, that's I guess that's the thing. Maybe that's just what they're eating out in Denver. Anybody that is listening in Denver, you gotta I mean, let us know. I'm, yeah, I mean the Denvers, the Chuck Eyes are another one. Those little Wagyu Chuck Eyes. Yeah, ooh, those I are mean, mm. these are little hidden gems in the rough that like they're not very popular, but they're so tasteful and they're so juicy. And the, I mean, the marble on these guys are just like, it's like a thing of beauty. Man, and you are not kidding. Gruntworksmc.com. Get some marbleized Wagyu. And if you're in the Hamptons area, most people that listen to the show, let's be honest, you're not in the Hamptons. You're probably actually in Africa. But if you're here in the States, August 18th, this Friday, it goes down. You can try Gruntworks in person and get a taste of it. See what it's like at the Hamptons Cannabis Expo. That's going down on 15 Prospect Street in Southampton. But all the details are on the website, theryanshow.net, and on canexpo.com. But, Matt, I'm just so excited to be working with Gruntworks and bringing high-quality meat to everybody. And we've been advertising for quite some time. We're finally open. Um, where can we begin, man? we got gruntworksmc.com. Where can we follow you personally on Instagram and these social media platforms to learn, learn more about your journey? Uh, you currently can't. I'm not out. I'm not out there for the world to see these days. I'm, um, right now, I'm trying to do the work that I can to uh, achieve the things that I want in life, and hopefully help some people along the way. And I have a long road ahead of me. And uh, I'm just kind of steering away from the social media at this point. The company wow. has a social media page, guys. Go check yeah. out the company's social media page, Gruntworks MC. Check out the website. If you have any feedback on it, let me know. We'll we'll, we'll do something together. Set up a nice email. What is it, Matt at GruntworksMC.com? Matt at gruntworksmc.com. There we go. That's real personal. It's one thing to be stalking your Instagram page. Send yeah, nice no, if you send me an email, I will answer your email. That That is a, a personal guarantee. If you send me an email, I will answer it. Well, good for you, man. Able to detach from the matrix, but we're building our own matrix. Gruntworksmc.com, the most fire beef you're ever going to taste in your life. Find Matt on there. Email him, Matt at gruntworksmc.com. Nobody go anywhere. We got Manny Moda. 
the Manny Mota. If you're a real fan of baseball, you know about the greatest pinch hitter of all time. He'll be here with us very, very soon. And you should stick around. GrubworksMC.com, TheRyanShow.net. We will be back. Don't go nowhere. Thanks for having me, Ryan.
Cats on the radio, live and stereo. So once again, here we go. To all my real cats who love to hear the real rap and still understand the reason that you feel that. Yo, I'm a book like Donald Warren. Chips add up like coins. Listen, everyone joins in the session. No one I'm about to teach a lesson. They love when the mic finesses starts finessing. Listen, raps off the hookish. L's burn, take it like a man, get this out of turn. Shout out to all my beats, getting green like they supposed to. You're from the fam, understand, can we close to? Love the way it's going down, baby. No doubt, we cast you step. Till the day I'm up and gone, I'm gonna get it on. And let me warn all you folks, you getting shit on. From day one, we had the hot mix. Yo, I told you got the chills, yet I got this. In the smash, time to take a spec. First semester cash, even come through and get some extra X. Plug me in. All good things must come to an end. Yes, even the first half of this radio program. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt just as much as I did. Man, what a wild life that guy has led. And he's really uh, onto some pretty big things here. I'm watching it firsthand. Go to gruntworksmc.com. Use promo code RYAN10 for 10% off everything on the website. And here's my sacrifice to you, the lovely audience. If you put in the promo code BOGO, B-O-G-O, you can buy one of whatever you want and get the same thing for free. Add it to the purchase. It might even be better than 10% off. So use promo code BOGO and check it out. The second half of tonight's show features myself, Nate Brown Jr., and my pal AD down out of Houston. We're talking all things football, baseball, and more. And remember that you can listen to Fox Sports Radio's What's Going On Live every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. by Googling Fox Sports Rochester, all the way upstate, as we call it right here in the Hamptons. Without further ado, let's get it started. See you later, Honky Wonky. See you later, folks. I'll see you next week or Friday at the Hamptons Cannabis Expo. Peace. Peace.